Episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I am miserable because I have Aeroplane by the Red Hot Chili Peppers stuck in my head. I am here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and the radio stations are a little bit different from what we have back home in Atlanta. For the most part, I find them to be better. They have a little better rock and roll, some alternative stuff. Uh, just, you wouldn't think that a little seaside town would be able to beat Atlanta in terms of radio quality, but they do, hands down. But unfortunately, that also means there are going to be some alternative songs of the past that are maybe not so good. And uh, Aeroplane is the Red Hot Chili Peppers song where I said, well, that's enough of that. Uh, they're one of my favorite bands in the world. I don't begrudge them the fact that they have a post-Blood Sugar Sex Magic career, but I don't need it. I can do without it. And Aeroplane is the song that, to me, represents the point where I was done with those guys. And it's it's stuck in my head now. And I apologize because, unfortunately, it's probably stuck in you guys' heads as well. Unless you're fans of that song. In which case, maybe uh, when you're done with this show, pull out your MP3 player or your CD or your vinyl record. Put it on and enjoy it. And I hope that you do. But I, for sure, do not. So, I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina, visiting my parents... We went to the beach today. I still have the briny salt of the sea encrusted in my beard. I rinsed off. Fortunately, my parents are members of a fancy seaside institution. So we can go down to the beach, and uh, then we've got showers where we can go rinse off. And uh, my, my dad took my son fishing which was very exciting. My son caught seven fish, which is seven more fish than I've ever caught. He had an aptitude for it, and they had a lot of fun. And then we went to the beach, played around in the surf, messed around in the sand. It's really, really hot. And there's no better place on this planet to feel like a useless old perv than on the beach because there's a lot to look at, and most of it you shouldn't be uh, for one reason or another. But we, we've been having a great time. Uh, we're going to the aquarium tomorrow, the aquarium at Fort Fisher, which is at the far end of the beach, and uh, that's going to be fun, and we're going to watch some fireworks, and tomorrow night, our final night here in beautiful Wilmington, and I truly do love it here, it is a, an absolutely wonderful town, I understand why my family, all of my family is from here, my parents returned here when my dad retired, uh, and it's just wonderful, full of fond memories for me. But tomorrow night, we will be on the Carolina Beach Boardwalk, observing the fireworks and eating Brit's Donuts, the finest donuts in all the land. And that is not a paid advertisement. That is a personal plug. I've been eating Brit's Donuts for 40 years now. And, you know, not regularly, obviously, or I wouldn't have made it 40 years. But these donuts, man, you go in, it's on the boardwalk. 
and it's uh, they've they've updated the boardwalk a little bit. It's not as as grimy as it was for a few years, uh, but it's still a boardwalk. And you go and there's Brits donuts, and you walk in the shop, and the kitchen is right there, and you can see them dropping these rings of dough into the fryer right in front of you. And when you order them, they pull them out of the fryer and give them to you in a white paper bag that has glaze and grease dripping through the bottom. And these donuts are the most delectable desserts you will ever put in your mouth. You you barely even have to bite them. Uh, you can't touch them. They're so freaking hot. You can't touch them at first. You've got to you've got to wrap carefully. Wrap your fingers in a napkin. And there's a method to this a way to wrap the napkin around your fingers so you can touch a fresh Brits donut. And you reach in and you pull it out of the bag and you're going to get glaze all over your hand. And some of you may know this, some of you may not. I have a terrible aversion to sticky things. I can't tolerate sticky things. If my son is eating pancakes with syrup on them, I have to move across the table. And it's hard for me to to be near that. I, I If I get stickiness on me, I freak out. Uh, as a matter of fact, the other our first night here, we went and had seafood, and I put my hand down on the table, and seriously, my butt is clenching up just thinking about it now. I put my hand on the table, and it stuck, and I pulled it away, and there was some, like, gunk on my hand, and I, I went, Ugh! and the, my family looked at me, what what's wrong with you? And I said, I got sticky, I've got to go to the bathroom right now. I went to the bathroom, washed my hands. Can't handle sticky. With Brits Donuts, I don't care. I stick my hand in that bag. I get glaze all over my hand and my knuckles and my arm hair because there's just no way around it if you want that Brits Donut. And trust me, you do. Get that Brits Donut out with my specially napkin-wrapped fingers and, and you don't even, you barely even have to bite it. You just, oh, you just put it right in your mouth and it just melts away. It just melts away. Oh, and you take one bite... And you take another bite, and four bites later, it's gone. It's gone. It just melted away into your system. The sugary, doughy deliciousness, so light and so sweet and so fulfilling. And tomorrow night, I'm going to be eating those and watching fireworks and enjoying my final night here in Wilmington, North Carolina, a place that I truly love, uh, probably second only to Walt Disney World for me personally. So there you go. There's a little bit of my non-phantom life. And I am sitting here in my parents' house in the front bedroom, sequestered away, recording for you folks on a terribly uncomfortable stool. So chances are this is, once again, not going to be a very long intro. But that's okay, because the show quality is so high, you guys are going to be delighted for me to stop the intro and get into the show because we're talking about my favorite movie of all time Big Trouble in Little China there is no finer movie in my opinion John Carpenter at his best Kurt Russell at his best and an absolutely remarkable cast uh, amazing special effects we'll talk about it why am I talking about it now because in just a couple of minutes you guys are going to be hearing me our pal Arian Rad Ranger and Ryan Cadaver from the Casket Creatures talking about Big Trouble in Little China while we watch it. So before we get to it, if you want to put in your copy of Big Trouble in Little China or pull it up on Netflix, mute the volume and treat us like a commentary 
uh, then you can. We don't we don't go through the whole movie. We stop about twenty minutes or so shy of the end, which I think by then you'll be like, okay, I get it. That's that was good. Uh, but yeah, if if you want to put in your copy, and if you don't have a copy, go to needlessthingsite.com, click on one of the Amazon links, and buy yourself a copy. Treat yourself. It's only ten dollars for the Blu-ray, and it's a gorgeous Blu-ray. Highly recommended. I mean, it's my number one movie. You you must buy it. Uh, all right, moving on to other ways to promote Needless Things and myself. If you go to Phantom Troublemaker, damn it, I messed it up again, you guys. I'm sorry. I don't know why I can't get that right. And you know what else? I don't know why I don't just use supportphantom.com, the great website that my buddy Rad Ranger set up for me. Go to supportphantom.com or patreon.com slash phantom troublemaker. There it is. And check out the rewards, see what I'm doing with your money, and see if you can contribute anything. A dollar. Five dollars gets you access to the exclusive content that I provide on Patreon, which includes two or more exclusive podcasts a month that are only available to my patrons. For $30 a month, you get a Needless Things mystery box each and every month. And that is loaded with goodies that I've accumulated over the years that are in the phantom zone this is all fun quality stuff it's it's better than a loot crate it's better than any of the the gimmick boxes you can buy not quite as focused i'll give you that one uh and also if you're contributing 30 dollars a month or more uh you get the opportunity pardon me gotta hydrate been at the beach all day been swimming around in extra salty salt water gotta get that water in me uh also if you contribute at 30 dollars or more level you get entered to win a random toy from around the phantom zone and this is a this is a big deal toy this is not like a, a muscle man or something this is a packaged toy from my walls my personal collection or the opportunity to come on the Needless Things podcast and plug whatever you want to plug. And it is that time where I will now put over everybody that is supporting me on Patreon. Give the shout-outs, if you will. Uh, first of all, we've got Zach. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate each and every month, and I hope you are enjoying your mystery box. We have Red Ranger. You don't have to do it, man. You do enough for me already, but I appreciate it, and I know you want to hear the exclusive podcast every month uh, because it's great, and why wouldn't you want to? Uh, we also have Lucas. Lucas, you know I love everything you do, man. Uh, I enjoy your... Lucas is a an avid facebook poster and always has quality stuff he's one of those guys where you get the notification that says lucas has posted this and you're like oh what is it and it's always something cool uh and finally of course Bo, thank you sir you are the best you are the man and i also want to put over the silvers google the silvers rock and roll and you will find some cool stuff there excellent music and of course uh, mick orton of the silvers was on the show a few episodes ago and you're going to want to go and listen to that one as well now one more piece of business i got to get out of the way and i'm going to make it brief this time because you guys know where it is you know how to help out odious lists it is the new party game where you get lists you get a timer and you get a die with 20 letters on it and you sit down with six of your closest friends a few more or a few less or okay you can work around it and have a hilarious time making lists that are foul, offensive, 
and uh, will cause a riotous time at your get-together, particularly if mixed with a responsible dose of adult beverages. Now, to check out Odious Lists, you can go to needlessthingssite.com, search Odious Lists, and you'll find my review of the game. Uh, I thought it was great fun. We played it in the Phantom Zone and had an awesome time. And you can also just go to the needlessthingssite.com front page, look for the big giant square on the right side of the page that says Odious. And if you order your copy of Odious Lists there, Needless Things will get a kickback. I will get a kickback, and you will help pay for the Needless Things podcast and needlessthingssite.com. And that's the only way I make money, folks. So check out supportphantom.com, check out Odious Lists, and hook me up. Or just go to the Amazon, click one of the Amazon links, and go buy something. I don't care what. And you know what? I'm going to steal this one from Jericho's podcast, which I just started listening to. Go to the Amazon link, buy something, tell me what you bought, and I'll mention it on the show. And we'll have fun with it, and you'll be part of the elite Phantom Fantazon Club. I'm not calling it that. But anyway... It's time to get to the show. Here's a little bit of music and then a lot of big trouble in Little China. Zone. We just watched Big Trouble in Little China in glorious HD, and we're watching it again with no sound. If you guys want to sit at home and pretend this is a commentary, you could do that because that was kind of Sean's idea. But we needed the we needed the dialogue and, and stuff before. But we are here. We have just had a delicious Chinese meal from China Chef. Which I will give a thumbs up. Everybody agree? Thumbs Fantastic. up, China Chef. Uh, and we have our fortunes that we are going to introduce ourselves with. Uh, as you know, I'm Phantom Troublemaker, and a fond memory will soon lead to a renewed friendship. That's kind of nice. Uh, I'm not going to read my lucky numbers because that's no good. To my left, from the Casket Creatures, welcome back to the Phantom Zone, Mr. Ryan Cadaver. How's it going? My fortune is twelve nineteen twenty. Ah, fuck. <laughs> uh, this evening promises romantic interests, so that's oh, that's sexual. Well, they're <laughs> they're like uh, room full of dudes. It's hot and spice surrounded by toys and dudes. I we'll, don't know how I feel about this. We'll leave it recording for sure. <laughs> to my immediate right, uh, once again, Arian, welcome back. What is your uh, fortune? I actually got the same one as you. I'm feeling kind of gypped. A fond memory will soon lead to a renewed friendship. Well, at least you didn't get the same one as Ryan. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that would be something happening tonight. Do y'all two count to renew your friendship? Something we, we do, Well, we do have a common. Have you been feuding? Common friend uh, that that I Thank lost you. touch with years ago. So that's very so interesting that we got the same one. Yeah, I haven't really talked to him since I moved back either. Interesting. Is that person a douchebag? No, so not at all. Really He's one of the nicest people ever. <laughs> yeah. I, I know enough douchebags. <laughs> and speaking of well, which, speaking Sean, of which, I'm right here. Uh, hey, it's the Red Ranger, and my fortune is fucking lame. 
Don't worry about the stock market. Invest in family. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. That's sad, actually. Well, this is kind of sad. <laughs> fucking horrible. My family sucks. <laughs> hey, I have a shitty family and I'm divorced. This is the worst divorce in the universe. We'll, we'll talk. We'll compare shitty family stories later because I'm pretty sure right now I have you beat. Well, oh no, you guys have no idea. Uh, Mrs. I'm the winner on that. Yeah, Mrs. Troublemaker is walking out of the room now because she doesn't even need the crown of that title. All right, so we're going to talk about Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, I want to start off, as we always do with this sort of thing, with the first time you... If you remember the first time you saw the movie, or at least your first impressions of the movie, uh, it came out in 1986, 30 years ago, which is why we're recording this today. It came out in July of 86. Uh, I wanted to record on the actual anniversary, but that's dumb and pointless. Why would you even bother trying to nail that? So... <laughs> this is my favorite movie Listen, of all I'm time. I'm spending my time trying to nail cougars. <laughs> <laughs> or, re- or rekindle old friendships. With cougars. Uh, but I, I, this is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, we, we had to do this. And it was not my favorite movie of all time the first time I saw it. Uh, I don't specifically this isn't remember. This my favorite John Carpenter movie. I mean, <laughs> in a world where John Carpenter's vampires exist. Oh, gosh. Come on. You're going to bring up Ghost of Mars, too? No, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, damn. This is easily my favorite John Carpenter That's movie, cute. rivaled only by The Thing. Yeah, The Thing is, the is thing a very is close. Not fair, but this is second. Uh, but uh, but I didn't. Also had a pretty long-standing romance, didn't they? Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I, I didn't love it the first Skin time I saw it. I didn't quite get the humor of it. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff I saw when I was younger. If it had this kind of tone, where it wasn't a comedy, but it wasn't taking itself too seriously, I, I didn't get it a lot of the time. And I, I didn't quite get this one the first time. It took some viewings before I actually appreciated it and was like, oh, okay, I I get that he's supposed to be a buffoon. And and that's the whole point of the movie. So and, and now I've I've watched it. I don't even know how many times. Uh, and it's wonderful. And we watched the Blu-ray that you can get for like ten bucks. Go to the Needless Things Amazon store and order it. It's totally worth it. It has all the special features. Looks of the great. two disc. Yeah, it looks yeah. amazing. The special effects were great. And the effects yeah, totally hold up, hold up yeah, really fucking well. I was yeah. really surprised because holder, all the lightning. Yeah, we've watched a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, the neon right. skull looks <laughs> red. It should, it should justifiably fall apart in 30 years and you just go, oh, God. Yeah. It yeah. looks like a bad, like, Blu-ray and high def doesn't do Harryhausen a whole lot of favors sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. As much as I love Harryhausen stuff, oh, Clash, it, Clash of the Titans is not a Blu-ray movie. Yeah, uh, groundbreaking. Um, but, but, yeah, those movies suffer under a very... You know, high definition. Yeah. This yeah. one definitely. Did. You don't want to watch Doctor Who in high def. God, never. The, early the episodes. Plan. No. Uh, Anything from Eccleston and before. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. So if you guys need this movie, uh, so that you can watch it as you listen to us discuss, then uh, do that. Order it from Amazon for ten bucks. Totally worthwhile. Also, the Thing Blu-ray looks ridiculously good. That's too. coming out soon. That's not out yet, right? Uh, I have. I the, have the Shout a, Factory one. I don't have the out. Shout Factory. Yeah, yeah. I have that the other one, and it looks, it looks remarkably really better. There's a character in that movie who has a nose ring, and I didn't even know it before I saw the Blu-ray. No, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So then, yeah, credit to Carpenter filming then, because if the because ma- if they're going back to the original masters to pull the Blu-ray, yeah. And that means that the original masters are just such high fucking. Quality. Well, yeah. he, he doesn't fuck around. I mean, he's yeah, he is a all. very. You can watch his movies and how tight they are. 
uh, there, there's very little wasted time in anything that he does. He, yeah. he is uh, he is a film artist. A he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, so for this movie, I wanted to bring you guys down here so we could check it out, watch it, and then just talk about it for a while. Uh, what, Sean, what, when did you first see it? And, uh, and how did you and do you feel about it? Uh, I love it. It's a shit ton of fun. Uh, much like you, I don't know that I appreciated it quite for everything that it's worth or appreciated the, the depth of humor that it has uh, when I was a kid. Um, prob- I didn't catch it in theaters, so I probably caught a edited for television version first and then picked it up on like HBO or Showtime, something after that. But then it became one that I would go to pretty frequently or anytime it was on, I would make sure to sit down and watch it because it was... I knew it was always going to be really entertaining. It, it's so goofy. It's so over the top with everything it does. It takes nothing seriously. It, it has like eight different genres all smashed into it and then random like puppets and special effects that don't make any sense. They, there's no explanation. Well, they, they, I mean, yeah, they completely does. make sense because it is all Chinese mythology. Like as, as, as crazy as it all is, it's all based in Chinese mythology. It's all based in the history of Chinatown and really the humor comes from the fact that this idiot Jack Burton is in this situation. If you took him out of the equation, this could just be a standard martial, art, martial arts yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it, he is the the one factor that makes it, you know, when we talk about the humor and everything, he's he's it. He's, it's, yeah. it's him being the fish out of water. Right. Well, the, the random white dude in Chinatown misunderstanding everything and thinking he's slicker than he is. But we'll we'll get deeper into all that. Uh, Arian, what about you? When did you first see this? Uh, probably on VHS in like eighty eight or eighty nine. So I would have been like eleven or twelve. And I remember like loving it instantly. Thank like that was back when my parents were. Yeah, I think that was back when my parents were divorced. So like I would, whenever I would visit my dad, my dad would rent us things that my mom wouldn't rent us. Yeah, yeah. And this was one of them. So. I, I would, like, make my dad rent this anytime I visited, like, for a weekend or during the summer and stuff. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I remember liking the humor, but, like, I think I liked it more back then just for the martial arts stuff and, you know, stunts and, like, the beholder and various other crazy, weird shit going on. But, like, as I got older, I was able to appreciate the full scope of the humor. And it's right. definitely... Like, I, I don't know who would have been able to do Kurt Russell's part other than Kurt Russell. No, and they, they talked to uh, Clint Eastwood and uh, Jack Nicholson. Clint, oh, East, oh, Clint Eastwood wow. and Jack Nicholson were both uh, guys that they initially wanted, and they couldn't get them because of their schedules. And so Carpenter went after Kurt different. Russell. Very, yeah, very different movie. Well, and that's what yeah, I think it was a collaboration between Russell and Carpenter that made yeah. Jack Burton what we see now. So I'm just noticing this now. I had uh, the feeling when we wa- were just watching it that you had that same welfare poncho. No, he changes hats. 
his hat is completely different. He's wearing a totally different Harley Davidson hat in the beginning of the movie. Is that right? I didn't notice yeah. that. And the other movie, it's got an orange circle behind the Harley Davidson. Sure. And I was like, uh, oh, and this one, hat. it just says Harley Davidson. Of, of all the things to change... We'll have like, to keep an eye out for yeah. when he switches. For other well, inconsistencies. I think we're going to need to write to John Carpenter, you guys, and tell him that he may need to fire his continuity. This shit is not cool. Uh, send out a tweet and just put John Carpenter on blast. And be like, he's he's, he's not... Stop with your on blast. He's not gonna. Uh, he's not gonna care <laughs> because he's all about making music now. Yeah, uh, Ryan. Well, when, what was your earliest experience with this? Um, I'm a little younger. I saw it in the '90s. Uh, I saw it probably about '95, '96. So this was one that you like showed up in Blockbuster and rented yeah. or whatever. Well, so like me and my buddies would all get together and we would stay up all night and watch fucked up VHS movies yes. and drink Surge. And like all the shit shit in the 90s. When he says we would drink Surge, he doesn't mean there was some Russian guy who was like (laughs) lactating. He's talking about an actual beverage. That stuff is disgusting. They they started. I loved it. They started making it again. Oh, really? Yeah, out again. You can order it online. I saw some dude drinking one. And I judged him poorly while I was drinking my Dollar Monster. Wow. I was like. You're drinking the shitty energy yeah. drink. But I was down with the Surge, yeah, man. I loved it. So we'd stay up all night and we'd drink Surge and we would play fucking Sega Genesis and watch VHS, VHS movies and we'd yeah. always pick up something else. Uh, I remember very clearly, you know, be like, you know, I, I remember like right in the span was when I first saw Return of the Living Dead and I first saw, uh, you know, like, uh, Time Cop and all these movies, right. about, you know, so it was around that time period in the 90s. But uh, I remember seeing this movie, and at the time, like I said, Sega Genesis, I was super into Mortal Kombat, and I remember seeing Lightning and being like, holy shit, it's rated. This movie's <laughs> awesome. And that's the main thing that I remember from the movie. Right. Obviously, there's a lot more going on, but dude with the big hat shooting Lightning was the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I was instantly in love with the movie. Uh, not realizing that it had jack shit to do with Mortal Kombat, apparently. Well, when you're a kid and a teenager, though, I think there is a tendency to kind of latch on to one thing and yeah. to be like, "Oh, I recognize that thing." Now I'm I can get into this world and dig this. Like yeah. I think I think that happens a lot more uh, just because we know less things then. Yeah, our our frame of reference is so much smaller then than it is now. Absolutely, that when we see something that we know like that, it's exciting, and you're like, okay, cool, I can dig yeah. this. So that's my first memory of it. But uh, you know, obviously, as I got older, and like now, I own the, the DVD. I don't own this fancy Blu-ray, and I need to. But uh, I've watched it several times, and it just gets better with age. Which, I think. Which, by the way, cost me a third what I paid for the DVD when it came out. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks great. And, I mean, the movie gets better as it, as it ages, honestly. I love it. It does. It moves so fast. Uh, and, and real quick, Sean, you mentioned Doofy White Guy, uh, Fish Out of Water. And I want to get into this while I'm still sober enough to make sense at it. There's make sense so, at it. Make sense at it. Make sense while I'm at it. I am making sense at a thing. It's like I'm aiming and sense at something, that, just, which that, is kind of what I'm doing. That, just don't get it into things I. No. Well, let's not even talk about things. Uh, That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. The, 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 climate, the climate that we're in now, there's an awful lot of outrage out there. Uh, oh, is about there? A little bit. Just what? a tad. Just a tad. What? I haven't noticed. Uh, one of the most recent things is the lack of 
Asian characters in movies, strong Asian characters yeah, in movies. Yeah. People are really mad that uh, what's her name, fancy pants actress, is Doctor Strange. Oh, oh, oh Tilda no. Swinton. Tilda Swinton, Swinton. Dr. Strange. She's not an Asian dude, is the um, Asian one? Yeah. Right. Which, what's more racist? I don't know which way, but, and then, yeah, Scarlett Johansson Scarlett is, Johansson uh, and, uh, whatever and, uh, her name is, Mo- Kusanagi, is that her yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of anger about that. There's also the whole, the whole, and, the whole John Which is Joe. weird, because that shouldn't even be a thing. Right, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand the Iron Fist one. But, like... Uh, yeah, that one is the one I don't understand. Me like, either. Because like, that's the way it was comic accurate. He's a yeah. white guy. Right. That's part of the narrative yeah. is that yeah. he's a white guy. Yeah. But anyway, there's a lot of rage about that. There's a lot of rage about uh, females in movies. And we just sat and watched a movie that was made 30 years ago that has a female lead that is a much stronger and more competent character than the male lead. Oh, very much. Yeah. Uh, that has an entire cast of Asian actors that are stronger and more competent than the male lead, the, the dumb white the male white, lead. The white dude, yeah. And yet, this movie would never be made this way today. No. Well, I mean, you also could never make Blazing Saddles again. Right. Yeah, right. And, and, but... The main character in that was this, like the smart black, the smart, smart black, black guy. guy. Yeah. And, yeah. But it would never be made because yeah. it would be considered so racist. And it actually isn't. That's the thing. It's, it's the exact he, opposite. He of it. get, he's one up on everybody at all times. Yeah, Just yeah. like with this, you know, Jack Burton is. It's like, it's like Sheriff Barr says, "Oh, baby." You are so talented. <laughs> and they are so dumb. They are so dumb. So and for for this one, Jack Burton is our. He, he's, he's our, our, our gateway into yeah. it. Yeah. Well, so, so what we're seeing everything through his perspective. So even the stuff that is silly and stereotypical with regards to the Asian culture, if you look at it from the perspective of this is a white guy telling the story. Well, if you remove his perspective, this is just straightforward. It's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a martial arts movie. Right. If you remove him, it's just Which every great. kung fu movie. Yeah, but like... Like it, 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 it takes it strips yes. away like a layer of humor. Yeah, that, right. like is necessary for it yeah. to, for it to be as as well, beloved as is it an is. iconic movie as it is. For I sure. think you could do it today, but actually, it would probably happen where it would be an import. Like yeah. Hollywood's not going to make this movie. No, well, well they are, no. but apparently well, they, they absolutely are. are. Well, that's true. It will, will not be the same. Right? It, it won't be the same. Like way. I'm not going to be on that soapbox of like, oh, I hate remakes or whatever. There are no, some no. remakes well, that are great. You and I have talked about that before. Yeah. Is we're not anti reboot, no, remake, whatever. Yeah. We'll give it a chance for sure. But there are certain movies. Uh, this Buckaroo Banzai. Um, they're making that into a television show. Yeah, they're, and, and Kevin Smith's in charge, which horrifies <laughs> me. Core. I uh, I want to love Kevin Smith all the time. I do love Kevin Smith. I, do, I love Mallrats. I, I love Clerks. I love Chasing so Amy. But bad. like, like there were like those movies. Like when I was like in my younger twenties, were like a very like important part of my development as mm-hmm. like a consumer of media. Absolutely. Like, but they're a little dated, and he really hasn't made anything that great in a while. Uh, certainly not Tusk. <laughs> Which oh, left. You're not a fan of Red State. Dude? I would rather have. Uh, I don't know. I didn't hate well, Red State. Well, Red State isn't what people make it out to be because mm-hmm. it's not as big an indictment of conservatives as people liked to pretend no. it was, and it's also not as good a horror movie as people like to pretend it was. It was yeah. just 
It's yeah, it's uh, you uh the only I think, I think the, Tusk has popped up on multiple shows now. Uh, Tusk, I would rather let somebody shit in my mouth than watch Tusk again. <laughs> um, there's a battle between Brutus and Tusk to see which one appears more. Yeah, but <laughs> but yoga hosers, man. Like, have you seen the trailers? No. And no. like all the reviews. I mean, it looks like the worst. newest one. It looks worse than Tusk. It oh. looks so bad. Wow, I, I can't even imagine. I I want it to be good. It's about his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter working in a gas station, and they're fighting Nazis made out of bratwurst. And, uh, yeah, looks real bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yeah. do Let's, let's keep yeah. it going. Yeah, Jack Burton. Yeah, Jack, so Jack, Jack Burton, Burton is well, fantastic. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when we're talking about how any, like, there's any day now, any day now, uh, we'll have Dwayne Johnson as Jack Burton, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Here's the thing is that Dwayne Johnson is, his comedic timing is good. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. The Rock. Like, I've, I've yeah. liked almost so, every movie that he's been in. Yeah, so him cutting, like, cutting The Rock style you know, tongue-in-cheek. Well, no, that's the problem, though, is The Rock is too cool and competent. Well, that's, yeah, so if he can yeah, be goofy, but he's played, like, buffoons before, and it's worked. Like, his character... What was it? Not Get Shorty. What was the second uh, one? Be Cool. Uh, be Cool. He yeah. was good. Like, that. that was, like, one of the few good parts of that movie. Yeah. yeah. It was his character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I, could, I could see him doing song. this with that kind yeah, of... Yeah, Vince yeah. hilarious. Yeah. The, yeah. the, uh... That he's got swagger that he hasn't really earned. That's what Jack Burton is. Like he's got all this confidence and, and machismo, and he's kind of a goofball. Yeah. And, and I could see. I'll be honest. Nathan Fillion, I think, is probably a better pick because, yeah. we, as I mentioned, yeah, when we were watching but he's the movie, a little he's too spiritual. He's too Nathan. He's, he's too little, Nathan Fillion-y. Right. He's a little too fat <laughs> these days. Too. Well, and you know what? Honestly, um, yes, I, I don't I'm know that someone Fillion is. Fillion's blustery, but I feel like the characters he's played really are more competent than Jack Burton is. Yeah, like, they still have, like, the uh, ability to uh, get Have you seen Castle? Done. Like, on Castle, he's basically just doing Jack Burton. Like, yeah. he is... I, he's, he's I don't agree with that, and I think we're just going to have to leave it there. Yeah. Um, well, see, my problem with it is... Uh, the thing I love about Jack Burton is, you know, he's a buffoon, whatever... But, like, he's also, he's got a little bit of, like, you know, a little white trash in it. And I, yeah, you know, yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Growing up in, in northeast Georgia, you know, like, I appreciate the little, you know, you got, you got the mullet, you got the trucker hat, yeah. you got the Harley Davidson hat. Like, I appreciate the little bit of trash that he brings to his role. And Sean appreciated the fact that he was carrying saddlebags around. He had saddlebags. Yeah. Tell us about he your saddlebags. Renaissance boots. So Renaissance, and, yeah, what's up with the Renfest boots? The Renfest for the, boots. For the listeners... If anybody can explain to us what the fuck these boots are that Jack Burton is wearing. He was a LARPer. He liked to LARP on the weekend. Join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group or just shoot me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com and explain these fucking boots to me. I bet those those boots were from John Carpenter's personal collection. Yeah, that (laughs) wouldn't surprise me. The horror movie was from John Carpenter's personal collection. He was like, fuck wardrobe. I'm going to borrow your clothes, Johnny. Sean, explain. We see early in the movie at the beginning when Jack is uh, gambling in, in the fish market. Uh, he has some saddlebags. He does. Which doesn't make sense because he's not riding a horse or a motorcycle. Right. He's in a he truck. is in a gigantic truck. Right. Uh, but apparently, there's good reason to just carry saddlebags. No, there's not good reason. Uh, well, just well reason. explain why you did. Uh, well, because I went to college and in an attempt to. Was it horse college? It was not. <laughs> Although the is that a thing? <laughs> the equine program at UGA is apparently very good. It is well renowned. They've got uh, a lot of husbandry classes yeah. up there. They're like a big deal, right? I, I failed them. Uh, no. All, no, I, that's probably. Sad. Um, 
I we were going to have you husband our animals, in, but now <laughs> now we can't. In no. attempt number eight million to reinvent myself, I thought. Oh, no, I know be, how that goes. It would be interesting to. Yeah, I shouldn't be talking any shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought when I went to college, it would be interesting to rather than carrying a, a regular backpack like I did all through high school, I was going to get saddlebags. Because then you've got two two packs, right? Yeah, yeah. and I was roller, like Shakur. I was rollerblading. <laughs> God. It's only oh, going to get God. worse. Oh. I got the dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's bad. Dear um, mama. Yeah, so I uh, I went to Horsetown in Snowville, Georgia, and bought saddlebags. World-renowned Horsetown. Yeah. I didn't even get the cool leather ones that would hang over your shoulder. Yeah, like, wait, ones. there are cool saddlebags? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he couldn't I'm afford, cool he couldn't the, afford the cool one. <laughs> cool within the context of saddlebags. At least your right? mom didn't make you saddlebags. Oh God! So, uh, so these actually were kind of puffy and cloth, and had they, they looked oh, like a no. weird were they, faux Native were they American like, rug. Were they like? Oh, what? And they were horrible. We could bring with that. We could bring with their poncho. Yes. And, and, and here's what you need to know when you have saddlebags, and you're usually going to go to college <laughs> classes, is that you need to balance your books. Because if you have too many books in the front or not enough books in the back, that's just going to fall off. And you just lay them over your shoulder like Jack Burton? Yeah, and I would rollerblade to class. And so I would rollerblade. It's like a lot of work. Clearly, I was not... Like planning on being late in college? Did you have to wear, like... Like, did you have to carry a blunt instrument to beat the ladies away from you with? Because no, I can only imagine no. they were just swarming, swarming on your knees. Swarming all over. If I had seen someone rollerblading with carrying saddlebags, saddlebags <laughs> like, I wasn't cool at all, ever. And I would have kicked the shit out of him. You wouldn't have been able to catch him because he's on rollerblades. I he would have jumped, jumped, jumped on some railing and, like, slid down. And I'll just go over there and... And if there's a stick, nothing, you could have thrown a piece of bark. Yeah. <laughs> you could have sneezed. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so saddlebags are dumb. So, uh, yeah. Jack Burton has saddlebags, sure. and we'll accept it because he's but it's Jack Burton. part of his trash. That's right. what I like about exactly. Jack right. You know who I think might have, might, uh, he's probably a little too old now. I think Johnny Knoxville oh, could have pulled yeah, off Jack actually, Burton. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I could definitely see that. He, he might be a little too snide. Yeah. But uh, I can I see that see Brian Cranston play him. <laughs> what? You haven't even been drinking. I want to see Idris Elba needs to be Jack Burton. <laughs> and and everybody, Elba. and every character yeah. ever, every character because yeah. he's amazing. Look at that. Honestly, honestly, right now, <laughs> dude, I want this that. Is my right. choice for the reboot, Danny McBride. Danny McBride is Jack Burton. Uh, it would, I would rather see him in that than in Alien. The new Alien movie. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Totally. And he's yeah. already got the haircut, so yeah. halfway there. That's what I'm saying. He's got the haircut, you know, he's, he's a little bit trashy, but he's also arrogant and buffoonish. I wonder right. if he's just impersonating Kurt Russell as Jack Burton. Is I mean, that Danny McBride's whole career? Dude, because... <laughs> is, that what's, is that what's happening? I mean, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Powers is kind of Jack Burton. He right? is. Well, even in Foot Fist Way. Yeah. Like, that's what he's been doing. I think we've just, we've hit on something here. So it's time to move on to Jack Burton's sexy kimono. All we're going to do, you guys might have thought we were going to provide some in-depth uh, coverage no, of Big Trouble in Little China. Shit. We're yeah. just going to talk about Jack Burton's Is wardrobe. Is that the same Fu Manchu that's on his tank top that's on the calendar? Like, how many times does this character Is that what that's... I thought Fu Manchu was facial, speaking, facial hair. Speaking of outfits, look at nice guy Eddie's fucking jacket here. 
That's not well, nice guy Eddie. That's cousin Eddie. That's whatever. We can, we can do a Reservoir Dogs one you're right. in Eddie's the future. Vacation, right? Eddie is wearing. Sleep. Oh, you're right. I'm wrong too. He's just Eddie. Oh my gosh. We need to do. We need. There needs to be a movie with nice guy Eddie, cousin Eddie, and Eddie. Except Chris Penn's dead. So let's move on. Uh, All right. Eddie is. Uh, he's wearing so many patterns. And like, if you have epilepsy, you should be warm before. He looks <laughs> well, he has. He has well, his he, plaid has suit. Yeah. Different shaped. Yeah, he's he's got a really odd shape too because the actor has his head has a presence. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be rude about about. He's got it. a big head, and I've got a, I've got a big right. head, so I can say that. Uh, but yeah. his body, one of us. he looks like head. a pumpkin on a toothpick. <laughs> it's like uh, a uh, toothpick. <laughs> but uh, he's got he this nice green and right. purple, or or perhaps blue. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Plaid suit. A striped shirt a, a and a tie with super eighties like dynamic yeah. slashes yeah. across. At first, it. I thought it was Paisley. It looks like a Zach. Before. Who's Saved by the Bell? Zach. Zach it looks Morris. like a Zach Morris tie. Yeah, it, that's yeah. amazing. Totally. All, speaking of amazing, I just love this movie. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall is kind of hot. Delivering also, lines like a crazy person. She's not even delivering person. lines; just reading the plot. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, she there's had, a lot of exposition in this yeah. movie, and it's, the ladies deliver most of it. Yeah. We get. A little bit from uh, is that a Pokeball pin? Oh, that's what I wondered before. I noticed because uh, Gracie, that too, Gracie right. Law, way ahead of Gracie relevant. Law. Yes, the lawyer Gracie Law, <laughs> uh, very ahead of her time with the enamel pins on her sweater blazer thing. She had lots of flair. This, uh, is, also, and her, this mo- is also a time where your last name dictated means. what you do. Yeah. Yes, Burton was. Uh, well, never mind. <laughs> Uh, so Gracie Law comes in, delivers a lot of great lines, and then we've got Wang's, I don't know if that's his dad, not, uh, his dad uncle. or his grandpa, is it his uncle? I think it's his yeah. uncle. Wang's uncle delivers a lot of lines. Later on, Margot just dropping information. I mean, Margo's the news reporter. This, it's amazing. Yeah, is her last name reporter? We don't I don't know. know. Uh, or is it newspaper? Margot newspaper. Margot newspaper. That's probably her name. Uh, <laughs> but an amazing amount of plot is delivered via dialogue, which I usually don't prefer. I like it. I like show rather than tell. Yeah. Right. But in this movie, in the style that Carpenter's going for, there's that great wipe that just came oh, out yeah. of Wang's nose that Ryan pointed out before. <laughs> oh, yeah. The weird circular the wipe. wipe. To the insane <laughs> pink car. Right. Uh, it's like they that nobody would drive. Is that Eddie's car or is it? I feel like it's Eddie's car. Yeah, I feel like that's what Eddie would drive. He's a tacky yeah. dude. Yes, Eddie he is, is going to drive. And fifty. I think I think Kurt Jack. Russell Jack borrowed that suit yes. from Eddie. That's exactly Literally. what I was getting ready to say. That's got to be Eddie's makes sense. suit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. despite the fact that Kurt Russell's a foot taller than Eddie. <laughs> We never see his pants. Well, these could be uh, these could be magic Chinese clothes too. Were these yeah. looking like a nerd? He could be wearing. Is magic Chinese clothes a thing? I want to know. For like, sure is. Also, I love the fact that the madam and uh, the at the white dragon or whatever it's called, the, the white the, tiger, the white tiger, the the elderly Asian madam is named Mrs. O'Toole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm patio furniture. Clearly an alias. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the, as the movie goes on, things get weirder and weirder, and I always like that build, the, where the, chil- the filmmaker chips away at your suspension of disbelief. I always enjoy that kind of thing, and, and not to get you know 
too fancy with it, but Game of Thrones did something similar where it started off as just straight up like medieval knights doing shit. Yeah. And they yeah. slowly introduce magic and dragons. They're like, they're, we're, we're going to lower, like, like a frog into boiling water. Yeah. We're going to slowly the there, turn the heat like, up and then like, you're not even going to know. And you're be like, there's fucking giant dragons setting people on mm-hmm. fire. And just like in this one, before you know it, there's a creature made of eyeballs flying around licking its face right. with its tongue that doesn't match from shot to shot. And we'll get to the Beholder later, Mm -hmm. but I just want to point out now, in one scene, the Beholder has a giant eyeball in its mouth. Like, it just uh, opens its mouth. Oh, yeah, you're right. And then there's another scene where it sticks out an eyeball-covered tongue and licks its face. So, But it's a magical Chinese creature. What are you going to do? Right. I mean, shit happens. Yeah, exactly. In a way, now that I'm thinking about it, it almost turns it, it starts off as just kind of any other 80s movie, and then it becomes almost a parody of kung fu films. Like, a little bit of a fantasy. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah. that it's a parody, because again, Burton well, is really just, the only ridiculous element Yeah, and here. it's not making fun of it so much as it's no, it's like, not at all. what we're trying to do is make a, a uniquely it, American It's like if Lethal Weapon turned into like the never ending story. Like, it's just like, whoa, what the yeah. hell's going on? Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. actually yeah. a really it's, it's good... Like, yeah. or for, for, well, it's not quite as abrupt as From Dust Till Dawn. No, uh, but it, yeah. but that's a good comparison. But yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying because like all of a sudden it's it flicks. Like all of a sudden, like, oh, it's this crime movie where they're on the road, and then, oh, oh shit, Selma Hayek's a sexy vampire. Well, and this yeah. one, this one does have you know it's the the moment where this one flips is when we first see Lopan in the alley. Right. Yeah, and because uh, up until that point it's just gangs. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit, his girlfriend's been stolen. Right. Dudes are going to have to buddy up and go rescue her. Yeah. Right. And then they run over Lopan, and you're like, what the fuck was that? That was weird, and then the scene we're at right now with lightning, and you're like, "Oh, we're into Scott, some serious mystical yeah, shit like now." Some Ghostbusters type, right? Shit. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, you got from Dust Till Dawn. You've got one of my favorite uh, movies like that that just takes a left turn is a Japanese film called Dead or Alive. Oh yeah, yeah. have you seen it? Yeah, the whole. Yeah. I don't want to give it away. Uh, I've already given too much away, but if you have not seen Dead or Alive, you need to watch it. Track it down. It's Takeshi Miike. Uh, it's the first movie I ever saw by him, as a matter of fact. And it's my favorite example of that left turn. Uh, and by the time you get to the turn in it, you're going to have forgotten that, it's, that I've said it's going to happen. You'll just be like, oh, I remember Phantom said to watch this movie. Uh, but go check out Dead or Alive. So you know, I feel like there's a little bit of Goonies. It doesn't go quite super fantasy, but it does take a little bit of a turn where it starts off as one sort of film. Well, when Sloth when Sloth shows up, you're like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's maybe that was a thing in the '80s that it was like we are going to introduce a film one way. And well, it's it was cool more fun. It's like a, yeah, it's more fun, and yeah. it's like a chance that I feel like filmmakers aren't willing to take now, right? Yeah, because like people are like they want to know what they're getting into. Well, that's the other problem is now. The trailer for the movie gives away the whole fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Nothing's yeah. a surprise yeah. anymore because you've seen every bit of interesting turn in the story in yeah. the stupid trailer. You're like, I oh, this is the part that. where Doomsday is going to show up. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, but, like, I knew it because I saw the trailer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Captain America and 
Uh, oh, they're going to fight at an airport. Yeah. Well, and that's that was so irritating is that scene didn't happen until the end of the movie, and if it hadn't been in the trailer, you know, we know it's civil war. Right. But if they hadn't given that away in the trailer, it would have had so much more impact. Yeah. Because I, the I, way the story no was idea, built yeah. was for that to be a surprise. I, I would like surprise. to point out that Jack is wearing his Renfair boots even with the suit that he borrowed from Ed. That is fantastic. And well, he has the pants over the boots. If you have some boots like that, <laughs> you, you don't take chances time. with them. Yeah. You don't, take you don't leave those. Do you think he wears socks with those, or do you think he goes barefoot? Ooh, that'd be rough. I bet he goes barefoot. Yeah. Right. I'm not Jack saying Burton. you shouldn't wear socks with those kind of boots, but I would Jack wear socks. I would yeah. wear socks. I would wear my socks. Feet's yeah. 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 Well, well so do Jack Burton's, but he just doesn't care. Well, you know yeah. what Jack Burton says. He says the check's in the mail for these fancy boots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is that what he says? That's exactly what he says. <laughs> do you see these fancy boots? Check's in the check's mail. Check's in bitch. the mail. Uh, well, have he, never says your dues? he never says Have you paid your dues? Have you Jack paid Burton? your dues for these boots? The checks in the mail, which is kind All of right. like saying no. I haven't actually paid my dues. So let's talk. I'm putting a, it off. Let's talk a little bit. Which is a very Jack Burton thing to say. It is. Kurt Russell at this point in his career, uh, Escape from New York and The Thing have both happened, yeah. and then of course you have you know, my mom is in love with Kurt Russell. I knew this from a very young age. And it's because of all the Disney movies that he did. Oh, Computer War Tennis. Oh, like Captain and, Ron. Uh, well, <laughs> I watched Captain Ron the other day because it was on cable. And uh, not great. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Uh, did, did this or did this or did Overboard happen first? This did. Okay. Overboard was was after this. This was. There was, this a was whole, didn't he have a whole series of stuff with Goldie Hawn? Weren't they married? Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were. Yeah. They were shacked up for, for they many, still many years. Are they? Yeah, they're not. They're not married. They never got married, but they're still. uh, Kate Hudson's their daughter. What? Yeah. Is she or is she from? I I think you're right. Actually, I I think think she's their daughter. I don't know. She may be from a prior relationship, but but they've been together for a long time. All I know is Kate Hudson has a really nice butt. Um, Well, so does Kurt Russell. So there you go. So does Goldie Hawn. Yeah, absolutely. So and I, I can't I can't hear Goldie Hawn without mentioning Bird on a Wire, which was my first exposure to thong underwear, and I will always love it for that. Uh, so to get back to Kurt Russell, he, he at this point in his life had already had this huge career making movies for Disney. Was very well known. Was a heartthrob, uh, and my mom loved him. She'd go yeah. see anything Kurt Russell's in. Previous marriage. Previous marriage. Okay. Yeah, previous marriage. Uh, but Kurt Russell did walk Kate Hudson down the aisle. So. She, I, I, she has seen Big Trouble in Little China. I have watched it with her. Uh, I don't know that she's seen the thing. I know she's seen Escape from New York. She has not seen The Hateful Eight. And with Kurt Russell punching ladies in the face and <laughs> all that sort of thing, I don't know that I want her to see that one because I was kind of thinking we're going to visit my parents next week, and I was kind of thinking about bringing Hateful Eight. Because it is an incredible movie. Uh, I was like, I don't know if I want my mom to see this side of Kurt Russell. Yeah. But he's... And he, uh, wasn't, he, he doesn't have a happy ending. No, yeah. no. Nobody... Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> need to see that either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Kurt Russell at this point, he wasn't a superstar. But he he had an amazing body of work by this time. Yeah. Or a large body of work by yeah. this time. Yeah. I'd say amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's been great. yeah. He, I mean, he, he was a natural. He's a natural actor. Uh, he, he approaches every role that he takes very seriously and finding the right voice for the characters that he does. And this one is John Wayne. Yeah, yes, exactly. And this that's one is absolutely John Wayne. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was his intent. John Wayne. Yeah, that was John his Wayne. intent, completely. Uh, 
And that's where I think, like, I, parody is not the right word, but there is where it is borrowing from so many little things and kind of putting a funny twist on them. It's a funny twist on a kung fu movie. It's but it's like, I don't feel like, it's like enough. I don't even agree with that. Natural. I don't think it's even a funny and twist. And there's so many different things that it becomes something else entirely. I think it's just straightforward Chinese mythology, and you just have Jack Burton there with his jaw dropped the whole time, and that's what makes it funny. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing. David Lopan is not. Okay, well, I take that back. David Lopan is. When he's old man in wheelchair, and he's doing his... Yeah, yeah. You're not put on this earth to get it, Mr. Burton. But even that was done in the service of making Burton look like a buffoon. Yeah. Yeah. And how many scenes are there where, like, something crazy happens, and he's just like, what? Yes. He's like, terrific, Egg, six demon bag. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Egg is over the top. Wang's dialogue is all over the top. Like... Like, Wang's dialogue? Yeah. Now Wang's the straight man. Yeah, Wang's yeah. totally the straight man. Yeah, but man. when he like when he's like spraying ex- Jesus Christ, that was accidental. You when sure you had to drink it? ADD. Alright. When he's explaining things, he explains them very over the top. Like, I don't feel gets, like he does. I feel like he's laying it down very straightforward. He's talking about the way he was raised with all this mythology yeah. and how he doesn't want to believe it. But yeah, you know when you well, see that Chinese have a lot of health. Yeah, Wang is absolutely <laughs> yeah. the straight man, and I feel well, like if anything, not, like he's subdued about these things that he's talking about because he has been raised with them, and because they are facts of life. Um, I'll, I'll agree that Egg is completely. But he's also that character in just about every movie. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of just the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. It works. Yeah, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. yeah. In fact, like, I think if I saw him do anything else, I would be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want him as, like, a lawyer. No. <laughs> that would be no good. But his, his name would be Egg Law. So. <laughs> Egg Law. Right. Egg Law. Uh, so Egg Law. Bob Law Law. We get into the, <laughs> we get into the mini hells here, and, and they're, they're now being immersed in water. In the elevator. They're about to exit the scene that was pretty upset down sinners. Yes, exactly. Well, it's so... Elevators and drowning, so... So is that that what they're doing in... Alright, backing up. So this is an empty chamber, and they fall to the water. Lopan is... Like, his whole base of operations is seriously fucked up. Is it supposed to be all the nine different levels of hell? I think I think some of them are represented like, here. Represented uh, I, think if the mo- I think if the movie had had a bigger budget, right. we would have seen more of the hells. Uh, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, but I think this is one that they could practically do, and I think the deal here is that they... I don't even know... I think the suggestion is, like, the room that they get put in later in the wheelchairs. Right. Uh, it has the vents at the bottom that are letting the light in, and I think it's the same kind of room that they're going to fill it with water. Right. I think that's the same is idea. Not right? like weird, like, uh, yeah, yeah, where yeah, they're hanging on the walls. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the same kind there's, of deal. Right? Weird, like, Let's talk know. about these Nerf balls. The clown nose. They look super so, soft. So Rain, this is Rain, right? Yeah. Rain, uh, yes. for some reason, has these Nerf balls that he pulls out of thin air and blows into to Jack Burton's abdomen, and they cause him great pain. Something else up later, but they just never filmed that. That does feel like yeah. that, doesn't and it? And it would make more sense for Wind to have that power because he just kind of shoots well, none, them none of them are Wind. Like thunder, 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 thunder yeah. to have that. Power. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because here's something. Okay, Big Trouble in Little China. Like I said, my favorite movie of all time. It's had a huge impact. Uh, I, I don't know that it's honestly been echoed a whole lot in pop culture, but I think a lot of things have gone for the same tone. But 
the current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon did a Big Trouble in Little China episode. Really? Where uh, David Lopan, James Hong... Oh, man, I thought one of you guys would be on that. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the, the actor that played uh, David Lopan voiced basically Lopan, except he was called Ho-Chan. Wow. The storms are in it, but instead of thunder, it's wind. I don't know why. but uh, Which kind of makes more sense, considering what wind does in this movie. Uh, but yeah, it's straight up, it's it's almost a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China, except with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it. That's it awesome. is incredible. Yeah, uh, and and awesome. it is when I say that you think, oh, well, it's got characters like that. No, this is it's as though they have done everything James they Hall. could to basically make awesome. I had it. Uh, they did everything they could to make it a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China that they could do without getting sued. Yeah, it is that close. Nice, and the character, awesome. the the character Ho Chan. Is exactly like Lopan. He's in a, a spiritual form. He's, I mean, he's voiced by James Hong. It's fantastic. If you guys can hunt it down, and it's even called like Big Trouble in Little Manhattan or something like that. Uh, it's amazing. And and once again, I've recommended this many times on the show. If you haven't watched the current Ninja Turtles cartoon, uh, which I understand because a lot of people dismiss it because it's CGI. And because you figure, oh, it's aimed at kids these days, and kids these days are dumb, so why would I... And why would I watch something aimed at kids who enjoy Clarence or Gumball? Or My Little Pony. Steven I don't Universe. know what any of this shit is, but yeah. It's good for you. It's <laughs> uh, fun. Steven Universe is mad. It's horrible. Uh, it's IO9's favorite Teen thing Titans ever, Go, though. I like Teen Titans Go is great. I, I totally yeah. dig that one. And I have recommended that on the show many times as well. It. But yeah, the new Ninja Turtles cartoon is is excellent. It's nice. great. Uh, so, James Hong sitting here is decrepit old David Lopan. Let's talk about this character of David Lopan. I love the idea that he's thousands of years old and that they have this mythology. And I haven't done my research because you guys know I don't sit around and look things up because I, I tend to enjoy conversation and reminiscences more than I enjoy lists of facts. Uh, but I love the fact that this character, they gave him this grand story that he's he's just shy of a god. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's it's such an interesting thing, and that he's tethered to this this frail mortal form. That if he can just get laid by a woman with green eyes, he'll be a god. Don't we all feel that way, though? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Every You're crazy, life. though. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, because those green eyes are typically under red hair, and... Ooh. That's just trouble. My kryptonite. You know they've got no soul. <laughs> I've made some of my worst decisions over a redhead with green eyes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as far as the fight scenes of the movie, there's some great stuff in here, and we overlooked the the big confrontation between the Wing Kong and the. Oh, that one's great. Ching, Sang. Close something. enough. Wang, no, don't say Wang I, Chung. I'm sorry. No, Wang I was getting ready to say, please and nobody say Wang Chung. Chung. Um, 
but the alleyway fight Everybody that is so well orchestrated. Yeah, that's one of the best um, scenes of the movie. The, the, the way it was shot, the stunt work is incredible. It is kind of funny to the watch giant things. Alley. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is kind of funny to watch things like the street move when guys land on it. Yeah. But, but see, I, I like stuff like that. I think it's cool. And, it's and, like, and it also shows they put work into it. Well, and they it's also. that set, you know? Like, yeah. I, I'm a guy who, when I see something like that, I think, you know what? That's nice. They're not getting hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I well, can enjoy was, this. Well, as I pointed out, we were watching it. Like, there is that scene where he drives down the alleyway, and it's like on the street, on the street, on the street, and soundstage. Yeah, and yeah. it's clearly obvious they are no longer anywhere near an actual street. Yeah, right. they're like yeah. in the city. There's it's bustling. There's people everywhere. Right. Working and doing various right. shit, geese and cages, and then, and then all of a sudden, just south stage. Yeah, right. this this yeah. is a Everything set. Looks like a facade. This yeah. is a set that was built around somebody having a giant fight. So Chinese dudes with big mustaches and revolvers and meat cleavers yeah. could could cut <laughs> and turbans. shoot each other's to pe- yes, red turbans. Yeah, red turbans. <laughs> that was actually a very multicultural Chinese gang fight because the one guy came out and he had kind of the. Stereotypical the Mexican Western cowboy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. bullet belts six in a zigzag, like yeah. in a cross over he, his chest. He looked like he was straight out of like fistful of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, like didn't even. And then the turbans. Yeah. So, like, Jack, Jack asked what was going on, and Wang said, uh, "Chinese standoff." Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chinese standoff. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like somehow this turned into a half spaghetti western. Yeah, but that that's a great scene. You know, that's one of the mem- most memorable scenes of the movie for me. Like, I, I love that scene. And there's some great chaos. fights that happen there. Yeah, there's some really great, like in the in that whole pantheon of crazy kung fu acrobatic stunt work. There's a lot of it that's included in this random little well, whatever can you consider it movie. And yeah. Carpenter makes a point of showing the impact. You know, in a lot of movies like that, you you kind of get the feeling that you see a lot of light. Between right. the moves, yeah. But here you get guys' heads jammed through windows and into walls and fall. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you really see the the impact of the moves and the fights and everything. Oh, yeah. While of, we're talking about action. fight stuff, I got to give a lot of credit to Dennis Dunn, who we've always we've already talked about a few times. Uh, he played Wang, uh, not only for his handling of lots of of really heavy exposition. A uh, lot of character work. He has to be. Well, he introduces Jack into the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He has to be confident. He has to be heartbroken that his his fiance has been stolen. Right. He has to yeah. put over the story that he's been here in America, working his fingers to the bone for years to bring the love of his life over from China. Um, he he's got to do a lot of acting, a lot of heavy lifting in this movie. And in addition to that, he has to do most of like. Some of the most badass martial arts stuff we see in the movie, he's doing, and he has no martial arts background. Yeah. He, as a kid, huh. no, really, well, as a kid, really he dabbled bad. in martial arts a little bit, but he was mostly a theater actor. Wait, um, are you telling me the Chinese people don't just come right out of the womb? They don't just know it. No. Karate. There we go. Uh, karate. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, so yeah, Dennis Dunn. Problematic. Who, Dennis Dunn, who in any other situation would have been the star of the movie, and honestly, if the, I don't, if if this saw any kind of release in China at all, he was probably he would have been like the star. he was the guy on the poster, right. and Kurt Russell was like off the left, yeah, like starring Dennis Dunn and Stupid Honky, right? 
<laughs> dumb American with mullet. <laughs> right. Now right. I want to know if that happened because that would be awesome. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, somebody Google <laughs> "Big Trouble in Little China" Chinese movie poster. Well, and that's what what. So I probably used the. No, I didn't phrase it correctly earlier, but it, he delivers a lot of intense dialogue. Yes, that's absolutely sure. correct. And, and yeah, and so that. That's what I meant kind of by over the top, and then what he's saying is like super, super intense, super, super delivery, and it is a strong juxtaposition against the goofy, well, and like what's happening. And you're, you're right about that. He is delivering insanity. Yeah. But he's selling it. He's yeah, delivering yeah, it in a very straightforward straight manner. Total straight face. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you this story that is literally batshit crazy, uh, but I'm gonna do it like it's the biggest, most important thing in the world right now. But, but, but at the same time is just it. is just part of reality. Right. And that's part of what sells the movie yeah. and what helps with our suspension of disbelief. Uh, let's let's go around and, and talk a little bit about some of you guys' kind of favorite moments from the movie. Uh, Arian, what's what's when you when this when somebody says big trouble in little China What's one of the first things that springs to your head, or what's something that you're like, oh, I want to talk about this part of it? Uh, funny Jack Burton lines, uh, just peppered throughout the movie. Uh, the scene where he first meets feeble old Lopan is a particular favorite. Uh, Lopan's line, you're, you are not put on this stuff to get it, Mr. Ben, <laughs> is, uh, one of my all-time favorite lines. Uh, Are you crazy? Is that your problem? <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. Come on, you expect me to believe your problem? Uh, some of his interactions with Egg, it's like terrific. Six demon bag, Egg. What's in it? Wind, water, fire, earth. All that kind of thing. Oh, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's so good. Well, and, and Kurt Russell's just general incredulity throughout yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the best parts of the whole he, movie. He's put out just from the jump. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you? What, what's uh, what's a scene or a, an instance that's honestly to mind? like? If, if we're talking about like the first time I saw the movie, like the main thing for me was just the character design. Like the way Lopan looks, like is just. It's, it's incredible, and, like, he's scary and looks, you know, like the perfect villain. Mm-hmm. Um, Lightning, like, all the character design was just, like, it, that's what, like, the imagery from the movie stuck out to me. And then years later, I watched it again and actually got the full movie. But, like, watching it as a kid, all the images, like, the neon and all the bright colors and, like, all the ridiculous-looking characters and, you know, the Chinese wild man or whatever... Like characters like that, those are the things that really stuck with me over time. Yeah, I agree. The storms. I mean, I would probably say the storms over everything. They're really super iconic. So cool. Yeah, yeah. and they're just the coolest fucking. They're badass. Yeah, and you know, spoiler alert: the way they go out is they kind of go out like bitches, right? Yeah. yeah. So does Lupin. And if yeah. yeah, yeah, well. And, and his <laughs> is totally, finally, Jack Burton gets his it, redeeming moment. It, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the one like, time Jack Burton gets to do the thing right. Right, yeah. One time and, it gets to be useful. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, and, and, but, yeah. But they do tease it. Like, there are right. those tease moments. Yeah, well, it's a call, it's, it's total callback to the beginning, which, yeah. which I hadn't, uh, you know, obviously I'm aware of the, the sequence of events, but I hadn't necessarily, until we watched this tonight, put together that him catching the bottle 
is that moment for yeah. him catching the knife and That's throwing it back to Lopan. They, they totally establish it's all in the reflexes. All the reflexes. Uh, John, what about you? What, what's, what's a standout for you? Uh, it's, it's a movie where there's so many things that are just so over the top. Like, the, the, the three um, warriors, the, the storms, storms. They're, they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. The the little entry when they're committing the sacrifice for the two women to you know Lopan's god. <laughs> they're all like and, and they do like flipping they, around. Yeah, they do like this long five minute extended. It's, like, it goes it's, off forever. Shit. it's it's more absurd than watching uh, one of the women from NXT making her entrance. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, more more absurd and scripted than that even. Right. Exactly. Is it more absurd than an old school ECW Sandman entrance? Well, okay, let's not get ridiculous. No, yeah, no, because the NXT entrances are enjoyable and Sandman makes you just want to jump off. Yeah, <laughs> change the uh, Zufas, really? Yeah. No, <laughs> right. um, but, uh, but yeah, everything is just so over the top. And when you think about it, like if you read it on paper, you go, this is going to be dumb. Like, yeah. None of it should work. Yeah, I can't imagine what the, what, what the script... Yeah, looks like right. This this man like, is going to fund this movie. Like reading this, right? Like, what, so we're getting well. Like, I, this, I can't imagine why Clint Eastwood and Jack Nicholson passed on the role. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, this was a studio film, though. This is yeah. you know Carpenter after this movie because of the experience he had with it went back to making independent films and never yeah. made another studio movie. Uh, the budget on this is like twenty five million. Twenty it was twenty million dollars. Twenty five wow. million. Only made eleven point one. Yeah, eleven ish. Uh, and there were a like lot of definition of a cult classic. Not not to get too much into the the fact yeah. dropping thing here, but there were a lot of factors involved in it. Uh, the Golden Child came out the same year. Oh, and yeah, I, I, I want the knife. Uh, See, I didn't uh, even realize that this was a flop. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a yeah. huge failure. It was a flop. bomb. I, many, didn't, I didn't even know. Many that. the thing was a bomb. Yeah, the same. movie's amazing. Bombed like a motherfucker. Yeah, the thing is like one of the most important like movies yeah. ever made, I'd say, and it's a huge commercial flop. Yeah, like and and Carpenter was like horribly depressed for like a year. I can imagine, yeah. Like the amount like, of work that went into I made movie? this yeah. like I basically invented it a genre. Yeah. And, and like put all this effort into it. It's incredible, and like it just fucking bombed terribly. Should we point out that Kim Cattrall is a horrible diver? Yeah, yeah. let's point out. Really talk about cool. Kim Cattrall who takes on a pretty solid diving pose and proceeds and to belly flop into the yeah. water like a yeah. six-year-old child. Yeah. There's no diving. Uh, no or, diving or a there. fat white man like me. Also, <laughs> there, <laughs> yes. There are a pool that's like diving. 10 feet wide and like there are like 60 guns firing into it and nobody got shot. That's impressive. Look, Mythbusters, man. Well, you're fine. You're good. Yeah. If you're being shot at, go underwater. Right. Yeah, that's true. Mythbusters really? did. I just yeah. watched that one the other I day. I did not know that. Yeah, the water totally kills the bullets. The water slows down the momentum. Yeah, e- right. even for like a fucking elephant gun. I mean, it, yeah. it's wow. It's, yeah, that was that well. Was never mind. I stand corrected. Yeah. So well, if you're ever gonna go and like challenge somebody who may be armed, do it by a body of water. Yes. And then that we could jump in, or bring a body of water with you. Yeah. Well, you never know. Or another body. Always be prepared. And then stand behind. Um, so yeah, the, the I think the thing for you, and I didn't really think about this until Ryan, you mentioned the the visual importance of the storms. For a long time, I think they were my big takeaway from the movie. 
I think because oh, I, I, think I remember guys. now yeah. Yeah. thinking like, holy shit, those guys are so cool. They were badass. Uh, well, I mean, it's, we talked about it. That, it. that is Raiden. Like, there's really no right. denying. Like, they, oh, they yeah. deny it because that they, there might be like. Rats I don't think. Issues. I don't think they would deny it. But because uh, like, yeah, but, the guys that did Mortal Kombat, Tobias and Boone are pretty open about their inspirations yeah, and everything. Like, and there's a lot of them. Lightning is clearly Raiden. Yeah, probably other characters. I didn't play a lot of Mortal Kombat. I just yeah. know some of the basics. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a Mortal Kombat character named Rain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there, there, there's clearly a, a hell of a lot. Of, like those characters. That's actually every time I would go back and watch this movie. That's what would draw me back in. Is like, I wanted to see those fights. Yeah, I wanted to see those characters. Okay, know? we mentioned Gracie diving into the water. I also want to mention the fact that they've they have popped up in the storeroom now. And I love how covered with dust the storeroom is, and it always bothered me. <laughs> this is this is anal retentive me as a kid, I guess. Jack Burton soaking wet pops out of this grate, slides across that dust, and I'm like, oh my gosh, all that dust and dirt is all over his jeans <laughs> and his fancy Renaissance festival boots now. Yeah, yeah. It always bothered me. He's yeah. he's just filthy. And I'm not a- worried about the ninjas. That- that's another good point. So, if they do remake it, and The Rock is Jack Burton, is he going to be wearing that exact outfit? Because if not, I'm not a fan. I think, like, right. we before I we started recording, we yeah. talked about this a little bit, and I think he's going to be wearing chandelier jeans. Uh, I, I think he's going to be... Jeans are. Have you seen Deadpool? Yeah. Okay, Deadpool, the very first, when Wade Wilson, before he's Deadpool, right. is go, he uh, goes to the guy's place and orders the pizza. Right. And the guy's wearing jeans with, like, all the bullshit on the pockets and stuff. Oh, oh, oh like, oh, like shit? Yeah. And, and he says, uh, you've got too much shit on your jeans. They're jeans, not a chandelier. Oh. Okay. Ah, great line. Yeah, yeah. Great line. Okay. And it's so you're stuck. saying that they're going to go with, like, the whole, like, dude, bro, bro douche. Right. Yeah. I, I don't maybe, think it would like, be your white trash. tank top? Yes, yes. Oh, God. He's going to borrow Absolutely. Jerry the King Lawler's work. It'll, it'll be an affliction... <laughs> It'll be an affliction tank top with like a nod to what Jack Burton is wearing. It'll have like the sun and right. Yeah, Um, it'll be uh, an Ed Hardy uh, Japanese flag sun. uh, Man, I'm already sad. That's probably (laughs) free sad. I ruined the movie itself already. It won't be in production. But yeah, whoever. I mean, and, and we keep talking about Dwayne Johnson playing Jack Burton. We don't necessarily know that that's the case. We Don't know that Dwayne Johnson is Eddie. a strong driving force behind <laughs> the remake. Dwayne Johnson. Would I be, want Dwayne Johnson to be Eddie. You know what? Maybe it'll be Big Trouble in Little Samoa. <laughs> Actually, that, I'd be cooler with that. That I could go for. I would be cooler Just do, with that. You know what? And that's, Big Trouble in Little Polynesia. When people reboot and remake things, I think it does work better when you take yeah, the basic tenets of the story and maybe alter it. Actually, you could you could do this in a Polynesian island and then just use Polynesian myth, yeah, and replace it. You know, replace the Asian myth with the Polynesian. Yeah, myth. they've got a, enough of a, a story. Oh yeah, they have their there. own lore and their own. Creatures. And then and then Dwayne Johnson yeah. plays Wang. Tweet it, tweet at the Rock right now. Yeah, yeah. dear Rock. Yes, Make please. Big trouble in Little Polynesia. If, if you're going yeah. to go forward with this, big trouble in Little Maui. <laughs> Is that? And Maui's not Polynesian. That's it's Hawaiian. It's Hawaiian. It's Hawaiian. They're Polynesian Island. Is that the same yeah. thing? I don't, I don't know. The native people are Polynesian. <laughs> I want to know what happened to the King Kamamahea. King Kamehameha? That's it. Yeah. Finally, you sound sober. He invented uh, something. 
I want to know what happened in that movie. But anyway, we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about the Chinese wild man. Yeah, uh, Chinese wild, wild man. As I referred to him earlier, the whiny child man, which which is actually me. Uh, I did not wild know man that, that looks was, incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. I did not know that was even a thing. Like I've seen this thing, and I thought it was just a random. Yeah, thing if, if you guys, if you guys listening don't know, and I, I didn't know this until a few years ago, and it, it might have even been. When I bought that two DVD set, because that's got a shit ton of stuff on it, and the Blu-ray has all the special features that the two DVD set has. Nice. Everything is on there: the commentaries, the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's all on here. Uh, but that may have been when I found out that that was a Chinese wild man. Or I don't know about find, found out because I was huge into mythology from all around the world when I was a kid. Right. And I feel so like I was aware. Is he like, like we were talking about earlier, like, is he like an actual cryptid? Like, are there yeah, yeah, signings? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like the Chinese, signings, like, is that sign, the Chinese yeah. wild man is at Days of the Dead 2016. Yeah. He'll be at the table between Danny Trejo and Diamond Dallas Page. Right. Uh, Chinese wild man. He's like Sasquatch or the Yeti or something. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah. It's possibly Gigantolopithecus. Which is an actual thing. Yeah, yeah. Or an orangutan. Um, or, or like an orangutan yeah, right. that, that like or a, a Wynese child, man. Or a, or a Wynese child. Or a Wynese child. Uh, but anyway, this the creature looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, even all by day standards. Yeah, it all looks fantastic. And that's one of the things sitting here watching the Blu-ray uh, we remarked on is that... All the effects look incredible. All the still. effects yeah. still look great. Yeah. It's like better Delaying. than you remember. And I've watched yeah. this movie at least once a year. I, I've, yeah, I streamed it last year, like probably last summer, so probably about a year ago. Well, it's been on Netflix for a couple of years yeah. now. Uh, but the, I mean, the lightning looks fantastic. The yeah. beholder looks... And yeah. I, I keep calling it a beholder. It probably has a different name in Chinese mythology. Sure, but, but it's a beholder. It looks incredible. Yeah, it's an eyeball ball. Yeah. Uh, it's ball. like a mad ball with lots of eyeballs instead of just being an eyeball. Uh, but it, all of this stuff looks great. It looks absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and I'm not a guy who shits on CGI out of hand. Uh, I like to see it before I criticize it. It, it wouldn't. But yeah. none of this would work in CG. No. Because it doesn't have a presence. It doesn't have. It doesn't look like it's occupying space mm-hmm. when it's CG. And this stuff is all, even if it's superimposed like the Beholder. It's there, yeah. yeah. And the Chinese wild man, if it was done today, it would it would probably be it mostly would be CG. CG. And I like that. It'd be like it'd be an emotion, like it'd be Doug Jones in a yeah, mocap yeah. suit, yeah. yeah, or Andy Serkis. He'd be like ten feet tall. And Andy Serkis, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Thank you, Doug Jones. Well, Doug Jones, yeah, Doug Jones, Jones, Jones too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Silver Surfer. Uh, oh, no, he's that, was, both. that was like, a red movie. Um, it was not. <laughs> 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 I'd also like to point out about which things can be called rad. Yeah, you are the guardian Ford. of red, aren't you? Fantastic you're like the, the owls of Gahul, except you're the Sean of red. <laughs> yes. Uh, so <laughs> that was a random pull, but yeah, totally. Uh, we, we're closing in on the end of the movie, and I think we're probably closing in on, in on the end of relevant things to say about the movie. Uh, the penthouse pet? Uh, yes, yes, as Sean, who, if you know Sean, you know he's the guy that's going to have this information. Uh, Mao Yen, uh, the actress that played her. Yeah. Penthouse Pet. Penthouse Pet. I actually, well, so I saw this movie, they showed it uh, closer to 
the actual when is the actual anniversary date? Like July sixth or something like that. Okay. It's, early, it's earlier in the month. Okay, so now they actually played this a while back then. Um, oh, they were doing action movie. Edit, well, no, it was the beginning of July because you sent me a link to it. Oh, was it and I was working. I oh, just yeah. couldn't go. Uh, so they showed it at a theater up in Athens, Georgia, and I went to go see it. And I was watching movies. I was like, oh, I recognize some of these people from other things, but I'd never seen Mao Yin. And I was like, and also she doesn't look. Like, for as much as all of these characters are very Asian, yeah. she doesn't look 100% Asian. So yeah. I just got curious, and I pulled up IMDb and looked it up. She's not acted in, like, anything else but one thing, and was a penthouse pet before she was cast in this, and is um, half Caucasian, half Japanese. I wonder if any of John Carpenter's other sort of secondary or tertiary ladies... <laughs> have been, come from the penthouse cast. She doesn't say a thing. She talks in the background. Yeah, there uh, are a couple of scenes where you see her, like at the end. She, I think she's talking to Eddie in the yeah. background. Yeah, but it's strictly one of the blah 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 peas and carrots, yeah. peas and carrots. Yeah. Like it's that kind of deal. Yeah, um, she she like if if it wasn't for Margot and Gracie Law, this would totally just be a damsel in distress film because she doesn't say a word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, we get Margot and Gracie Law, and that therefore this movie actually passes the Bechdel test. What the what? The Bechdel test? Uh, do I even want to know what that is? The Bechdel test is a test wherein it, well, let's be clear, it's not an actual show, test. It's not it an a web, test. It was a it was a joke in a web comic yeah. that people began to apply to things. Yeah, and like, are there more than two female characters? Do they talk to each other about something other than men? You could have just said no. <laughs> yeah. And so, no, this movie does pass. Yeah. So, this uh, movie does pass the Bechdel. It, the, that low bar for, like, you know. Well, yeah. and that's the thing is that Hollywood was much more open about what they would do 30 years ago. Uh, Everything is very dollar oriented now. And so you don't get as much interesting filmmaking. Well, and now, yeah. and now that they're putting effort into these sociopolitical things, and see, that's they're failing yeah. even more. Well, because yeah. now it's just about checking off boxes, and yeah. so right. nobody's telling good stories. And it's not natural, it's not organic. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense a lot yeah. of the time. It, it's stunt casting. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's checking off boxes, and it's all for dollars, and it's like, well, but tell me, just tell a good fucking story. The most success you're ever going to have changing my mind is when I don't realize you're trying to change my mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you're shoving something in my face, I am going to be resistant to it, even if I agree with it. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. I'm going to be annoyed, because I'm a cranky old man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I know this has been beaten to death, but that's how I feel about the new Ghostbusters. Like, it might be a fine movie. I just feel like it's it's just like they're trying way too hard. I, in several instances. We we actually recorded uh last night about the history of Ghostbusters and mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about this, which the listeners uh will have heard on last week's episode of the show, but I can't help but be excited about the movie. No, yeah, yeah, I uh, agree. I feel the way I feel about it, which is that Sony has made an effort based around the cast being women. Uh, that is their attention-getting device. Yeah. That does not mean it won't be a good movie. That's where I think dum-dums are flawed in the thinking that it, it can't still be a good movie, I agree even though they're being heavy-handed. Yeah. See, I don't like either side of this fight. I don't either. I think they're right both middle, assholes. But it right. annoys me. Yeah, like, yeah, both sides of the I just want the movie to be good. That's my main thing. Well, uh, it's... It, it, I think there, the movie will be good. There's this. There's, there's well, Paul Fig's track record shows me that it will not. It goes up and down. But the, the actress's track record shows me that it has a chance. Yeah, yeah. And it goes, and his track record goes up and down. But it is this idea that 
people struggle with apparently holding two uh, thoughts in their head at once, and so therefore it's either or. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just yes. minor, and it's like if it's this, no, I it could, can't also be this, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I can appreciate this for what it is. Yeah. And be a little annoyed at the marketing of it. Yeah, and, and that, that's, and that, that's, that's, that's exactly that's how I, I feel. Like, I will see the hours. movie, yeah. and I may enjoy it, but like yeah. I'm still annoyed by yeah, like the marketing. I thought that the trailers were horribly cut up. Like I, th- I feel like if your best joke in the the first trailer, I feel like if your best joke, first is, trailer was just bad. The second trailer would had had a couple moments. Yes, yeah. and, and that actually points to the bigger problems with trailers, like we were yeah. talking about earlier. Is that like trailers ruin so many yeah, movies? They now. really yeah. do. Yeah. Like, all I need fucking, trailers are a nightmare. All I need yeah. out of any Marvel movie is, hey, there's a new Marvel movie. Go see it. Yeah, that's exactly. the end of the trailer yeah. for me. Like, give me all a I need. Bit of mystery. Like, all I need from a new Ghostbusters movie is there's a new Ghostbusters movie. It's new shit. It's not related to the old shit, but it's a new Ghostbusters movie. Right. Go see it. Okay, fine. I'll check it out. They could have just said, is I don't need the whole plot. No. I don't need the reveal. And does of, anybody know why in the first trailer it said, it was like, you know. 30 years 30 ago, years four ago, minutes ago, yeah, why? it's not related. It's because uh, they're being Because confusing. of the heavy handed, like, we're yeah. afraid. And because Sony. We're afraid white dudes aren't going to go see it because it's got a bunch of... That annoyed me more. Like, I was just like, I would have been more on board if you hadn't done that. If they just cut times. They wanted to call back to it in some shape, where form. Like, they just... They just did it as clumsily as as possible. But but we're not here to talk uh, about Ghostbusters. We're here to talk about Chinese ghosts. (laughs) And ghosts being busted by Jack Burton. Yes. Yeah. And Thunder's rad-ass leopard print armbands. His Fuck, leopard yeah, armbands. Dude, those are awesome. And then Lightning's, like, scale male vest. Yeah. Which uh, is awesome. What about Rain's also, badass haircut? Rain with his sideburns. and his yeah. cra- It's not even a ponytail. It's like some kind of weird it's, hair waterfall. He's got, like, the... <laughs> the funny thing is, is, like, we the, know Lightning hair is susceptible <laughs> to his own Lightning. Yes. Egg, Egg uses the fan to, like blow his shit back. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you'd think the scale mail vest wouldn't be <laughs> the best idea. Because apparently you wouldn't want to wear conductive material yeah, yeah. as a garment. Lightning with maybe a not so much. Yeah. <laughs> what we learned yeah. is yeah. that all you need to vanquish lightning is just yeah. wrap them up. Yeah. But yeah. once again, we go back to Phantom's principle of awesomeness. If it looks awesome enough, I don't uh, care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fine. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> and uh, these headdresses that Gracie and Mao Yin are wearing, and their and their ultimate warrior face. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> they're way overdone. I had an aunt who did her makeup like that. Oh wow! Look <laughs> at lightning open she, up his. Cape, you couldn't though. hug her the without getting a so pound of rouge on your forehead. I just want to start wearing again. Yeah, I need a cape. I, I'm working uh, on a cape scenario for Dragon Con this year. Good call. Uh, uh, I, show? I've had. I don't know. I'm trying to decide because I need to be a little mobile for the game show. But you can come and out the with a cape. cape that I'm thinking about. Well, but the thing is, like, then I've got a cape I have to keep track of. Well, bring a coat rack. You really want to make things more complex than they have to be. Now we're bringing a coat rack. <laughs> can we get a microwave? I don't know. Ah, no, we, I don't know. Just in case. Ah, only if we're going to put. Only if we're going to put like balls in it. <laughs> The war hot balls game. I'm gonna need that guy's arm sensor, that battery, and that guy's prosthetic leg. Also, rats crawling on the fish, and everybody's just and he's eating. Oh god! That is out of a movie with a lot of weird shit in it. 
That's the guy the eating weirdest. the raw fish head. It's the nasty. Yeah, a guy with a weirdest. sick demon bag yeah. doesn't weird me out nearly as much as the fish with, with the fuck out. Filthy hair on this six demon bag. Yeah. Right. Like some some giant rank ass. For the gorilla longest hair. time I thought, does Enku have a ponytail that I keep missing? Well you asked us. You were yeah. like, <laughs> legitimately it I was like, like is his hair just that Has he got like a Billy Ray missing? going on? What's happening? Like does he have a ponytail that pulls down one side? I'm so confused. Well, I think we've exhausted... Uh, the movie is not over, but I think we are. Uh, we've probably... <laughs> I think we've exhausted every time... Because this thing's got like half an hour left, and I don't think we do. No. Uh, it's, what we're going to do... Yeah. Closing thoughts about Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's so much fun. It's fantastic. It's an accomplishment not only in special effects and in... Utilizing this massive Asian cast the way that they do, it's it's without John Carpenter setting out to make a statement about uh, Asians in film, about women in film. He just told a good story and just used characters that made sense. And that's what's good about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He was not filling off checkboxes, and it's it's the most entertaining for me personally. The most entertaining movie I can watch. I can watch it any any time of day. It's not one of those movies. It's not Wes Anderson where I have to be in the right mood to watch it. Yeah. It's I watch it anytime, any place, with any group of people, and I'm going to have fun. Uh, Ryan, what about you? What, what's your your closing thought on this thing? Um, if you haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China, please watch it immediately. It's so much fun, so good. Um, enjoyable start to finish, and uh, we're watching it for the second time tonight, and I'm still right. I'm, I'm hooked on it. We're yeah, all I, sitting here like yeah. watching it. Look at that neon Buddha, which the says a lot. Neon Buddha, yeah. which is facing across the other side of the room, a giant neon skull. Yeah. Right, which is amazing. Uh, Arian, what about you? Final words on this thing? Uh, this is my favorite John Carpenter movie. It is much like Phantom. I can watch this pretty much whenever. It's like the. It's it's a close second to the Big Lebowski as far as that kind of movie for me. Yeah, yeah. I can like the Lebe- Big Lebowski. I can put on whenever and uh, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm gonna be gonna be having a great day. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is an incredible movie. And if you haven't seen it, what the fuck's wrong with you? Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> a horrible person. It's, it's streaming on Netflix. Everybody has a Netflix account. Yeah, yeah. if you don't have a Netflix account. Message Rethink me, your I'll life. Give, I'll give you my password and then I'll change it. Like, well, no, don't you know? do that because a federal judge just determined that that's oh, yeah, illegal. Crime. Really? Even, yeah. Like even with my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a problem yeah. now. Man, uh, life is illegal. And, and I, I will say, it, it, while I would prefer that everybody go to the Needless Things store, sure. uh, Amazon store, and buy it, if you don't do that, it's on Netflix. You can watch this shit for free. Yeah. Sean, final thoughts. Uh... Not my favorite John Carpenter film, but that's only because They Live is my favorite John Carpenter film. Okay. Good choice. Um, but this would easily probably be my second favorite, I think. Uh, enjoy the shit out of it. I love kung fu films in general, and yeah. I feel like this kind of stand. Like, you could you could fit this in, and it's not going to stand out. And, um, I, and again, I also love things that are so absurd that they shouldn't work, but yep. that do. And this, this absolutely... It's a little works. bit of magic that I think's Impossible to recapture again. Right, exactly. Yeah. There's, a, there's a little bit of magic to this, maybe, that I just I don't see how they could ever do it again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and to bring it back around, Sean, where can we find you online and what are you up to? Uh, where can we find me online? Deathpaw.com, D-E-T-H-P-A-W.com. Um, You're not allowed to put the podcast over again until you have another episode. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I have an episode recorded, but not edited, and so that'll get out one day. Um, no, that site, I'm still in the middle of tweaking and working on it, but with DragonCon coming up, I'm going to be having more stuff. Uh, leading up to Dragon Con, so I've got some old interviews to dig out that I'm going to put on there. And we can uh, find Death Paul on Instagram and, and on Death Paul on Instagram. Uh, Twitter is not Death Paul yet, but probably will be soon. Should be. It probably should be. It would make it easy. You gotta, you gotta consolidate your brand. Yeah, my branding is all over the place. Um, but yeah, so there, uh, and every first and third Wednesday, uh, Saturday rather, first, that's fucked up. Every first and third Saturday in Porterdale, Georgia, um, putting over Porterdale Championship Wrestling. I think it's officially changing to Porterdale. Has it really? I don't know if it is. A, it, it hasn't officially changed it yet, but like Matt Hankins has a tattoo. Are you sure it's not Paw Championship Wrestling? Paw? Mom Paw? Death Paw? Oh, no. no that not, would be amazing. Not Paw Paw Bears. Right. Which was Native American Tiny Bears, if you remember. I have no idea what the fuck Cartoon in the 80s. Okay. Arian, uh, you, uh, on the other hand, do not have a brand online. No, I don't really give a shit. Uh, if you like, I don't like. Yeah, like if you want to see pictures of food and dogs, you can follow at such a lazy man on Instagram. You could also look for me on Facebook, and if you look cool enough, I might add you to a friend. And I'm really funny on Face Place. You are funny. I so. And if I ever get my shit together, I might be doing stand up. But I'm really like the such a lazy man thing. It's not, it's not just a, a title, it's the truth. I'm it's very a, it's a lifestyle. I'm very unmotivated and like to play video games and nap, so there you go. <laughs> and uh Ryan, you you uh what are the casket creatures up to? You guys got some new shit you're working on, right? Oh yeah, we have a lot of new shit. So uh if you come and see any of our shows that got booked right now, um when when is this coming? This will post the 22nd of July. Okay, cool. So all of our shows that we got coming up will be over with. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's worked out every time you've been on the show. But, that being said... Master uh, promotion. We're uh, we're planning some big stuff. Uh, we got a show in October with Wednesday 13 at the New Masquerade, which would be cool. Oh, nice. uh, we're selling tickets for that right now. Um, and uh, we just have we have our new album, Deranged. Um, we also are going to have an article in Harhound Magazine, which is cool because it's like a print magazine, and we are yeah. their featured, featured band. Nice. So that should be on newsstands. Uh, it's the July, August issues. So right, right. It should be out soon. It's advertising Ghostbusters, so it must be out soon. Holy shit. So I nice. can't wait to go to What's Barnes & Noble. What's the magazine title again? Horrorhound. Horrorhound? Yeah. Nice. I can't wait to go to Barnes & Noble and fucking buy a magazine with, with you my in band it. in it. That's yeah. crazy. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's like the biggest thing right now. Um, but yeah, other than that, Pick Up Deranged, I think it's the best album we've ever put out. Um, and everyone seems to agree. Is it, is it on the iTunes and the Yeah, Spotify iTunes, and Spotify, um, CD Baby, still, you can still order physical copies from there. Uh, if you like us on Facebook, you can get CDs through us. You can just send us a message and we'll send them to you. Just PayPal us or whatever. Um, but yeah, pretty, that's pretty much it. And then we just have shows, you know, listed throughout the year, so just keep up with us on Facebook. Yeah, Google uh, Casket Creatures and you'll find all yeah. the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and yeah. all the good stuff. Yeah, we're on all the social medias. And, and you guys will be playing roughly 73 shows in the month of October. Yep. We have three just this month that 
three to four, um, but some of them I can't talk about because there's some top secret stuff going down. I'll tell Ooh. you when this gets turned off, but yeah. Beautiful. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming out to the Phantom Zone and uh, enjoying Big Trouble in the Phantom Zone. Well, you know what good old Jack Burton says? No. What does he say? Check is in the mail. Oh. I thought you were going to have something else. I can't remember anything else. <laughs> good journey. Oh, good journey. That was silly. Uh, but it does make me miss Mr. Bo Brown. But it also makes me think that Mr. Bo Brown will be back on the Needless Things podcast next week for our coverage of San Diego Comic-Con 2016. That's right. Your favorites of the Needless Things Irregulars, our head of research, Ryan Schweck, the belligerent monkey, Jay Hornsby, and my lovely co-host, Mr. Bo Brown, will be joining me on a special episode of the Needless Things podcast where we will discuss all of the toy news and maybe a few other things that went down this weekend, this very weekend, at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, and there's already some stuff. Like, we could already do a show just from what's been revealed uh, by Wednesday night. One other thing I want to mention, this is kind of weird for the outro. I should have mentioned it in the intro, but I felt it was long enough. There's a wrestling show here in Wilmington Saturday, tomorrow, for you guys, that I didn't even know about. And it's got Kevin Nash, it's got DDP, it's got a bunch of, of your favorites. Uh, James Storm, Jeff Jarrett, some, some people that I think are pretty cool. Uh, but the show is expensive. It's, it's pricey because there's a, there's a day long meet and greet type of thing and there's an actual wrestling event, uh, in the afternoon and in the evening. But the meet and greet stuff is like 25 to 50 extra bucks to get stuff signed or to get a photo op. Uh, and then they charge you to get in. They charge you for pictures. They charge, it's, it's a lot of money. And, and, and besides, I need to get, I gotta get back home. We're leaving Friday. I'm leaving back home in the Phantom Zone Friday. So me and Mrs. Troublemaker can finally sit down and watch Stranger Things. Because I've been waiting this whole week. Uh, you know what? I wanted to talk about the WWE draft as well. And there just wasn't time this week. It won't be time next week either, but I'll be back. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.